This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Today's podcast is powered by Pitch Football app, available on the iOS, Apple Store or the Google Play Store. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 14 of the Always Wolf Squadcast. As usual, I'm joined by Manny Singh... Welcome. Hey, Happy New Year to everybody. And Amy Hadley. Hello. Happy New Year. And you will remember as well, we've got here as well with us today, Kevin Rogers, the CEO of Paycare. How are you doing, Kevin? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Really good. Really good. Thanks. Fantastic. Well, we're into a new year. We've, we've, got, we've all got through 2020. We've all had our own trials and tribulations to get through. Um, but we've made it through and I thought it'd be a really good idea today to look back at 2020 at some of our own personal highlights, especially obviously from a, a Wolves perspective, maybe look at our player of the year and who's impressed us this year. And then we can obviously look forward to 2021. So Kev, as you're, um, you know, back with us again today on this one, do you want to go first with your personal Wolves highlights from this year? Sure, no problem. The, the standout has got to be the Espanol game at Espanol. Walking down La Ramblas, seeing Wolves shirts after Wolves shirts is like, it's just an unforgettable experience. Um, Wolves playing in Barcelona. Um, it's just one of those things. It's like, th- this is where we should be. Um, and it was just just an amazing, amazing experience. Um, Braga was good the year before, but the Espanol one was just yeah. Braga, you can never forget that with the uh, the the rain and however how that was. It was just yeah. Let's go to Portugal. It's going to be really sunny, and it rained for <laughs> forever. What about you, uh, Amy? I mean, that was my number one. So I'm going to say something different. So I'm going to say. Started with that, and then the Spurs away um, was unbelievable. So it, I think that whole four-day period, I called it on my holiday at work. I said, "Oh, I'm going to be a professional Wolves fan for four days," and it really felt <laughs> like, that, like Barcelona to London to Wolverhampton and everywhere in between. 
Um, and I think for me, that kind of four day period was not just as a Wolves fan, but like my highlight of 2020, considering everything that was to unfold later in March after the Spurs game was the 1st of March and then the world changed literally three weeks later. Um, so I think looking back now and the fact that the travelling abroad, obviously we can't really freely do it at the moment. I think that makes it even more special to have experienced that and it's something that I never thought I'd experience as a Wolves fan. So, um, so yeah, so kind of looking forward to the next round of that whenever that's going to come, but we'll come on to that in a bit, I'm sure. We will. What about you, Manny? Let me just, both of them have just nicked my thoughts as well, you know, because I think um, everyone's thoughts are going to go to the start of the year because we haven't been able to develop any any highlights since March. You know, um, uh, highlights for me are when you're involved as fans, when you go there, when you see your team. And that week, you know, like Amy said, ending with the Spurs win and, and even the Brighton home match, which was the last home game before lockdown, we had Samosa Saturday personally. Yeah, we had yeah, we had uh, brilliant record-breaking Samosa Saturday. It was we raised six thousand pounds on on that day. Um, so that week, coming from you know Spain, going to Spurs, Brighton at home, um, three decent results and well, decent trips anyway. And um, uh, um, but more than that, you know, going with your family. I was with my wife and my boys in Spain. Uh, just the memories turning up, going to your Airbnb and finding out it didn't even exist. I remember that. <laughs> then standing oh on the pavement, God. standing on the pavement and saying, where's this Airbnb? And it doesn't even exist. It's just a shock. <laughs> so, um, uh, it's not over there. I don't know anyway. And uh, so we just drove to, got a taxi, drove to the um, the pickup point, where the hotel where you pick your tickets up. And I, I managed to get a most amazing deal. I think it was about 80 euros. Um, for all four of us for a night at that hotel and it's in a that posh hotel. hotel yes we stayed in the posh hotel we stayed in a posh hotel from airbnb <laughs> that was a little bit dingy but i thought what the hell you know it was you have to look at the finances with this more of you i ended up in the hotel that um uh, the tickets were being so yeah it was um that was brilliant that was like kevin says just seeing the fans in the euphoria even the singing in the stadium and uh, taking over their, uh, you know, their music, their goal music. Um, I know what makes it so sad that they've only played, we've only been at one game where they played at the moment. They, they didn't even uh, score. Uh, so. They actually, they play after every goal now, don't they? When yeah. we score at home. <laughs> but we don't get to hear it because we're, we're listening to crowd noise. But it was a great week. Um, and and that's what we, that's all, what, that's what we're longing for now. That, not results, not wins, not, Watching it, without longing for that involvement as fans being ah uh, experience, isn't it? It's the experience. Oh, the, yeah. the, it's the shared experience, isn't it? The shared experience. To be to be honest with you, I mean um, the whole European thing was. I feel quite lucky, like probably many of us, that we got to do all these things. Just you know, many different trips before. Uh, the lockdown come and I remember like being at Barcelona and thinking about the next trip, I think, which was going to be Athens and stuff like that. Yeah. And should we book the book to go or not? Mm. I ended up in, I was in an Airbnb for the uh, Barcelona, but my actual Airbnb yeah, mine. was actually there. Manny, yeah. I was in an Airbnb as well. And mine was there. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously that has been brought out the Tottenham trip when we, it was on my first visit, our first visit to the, uh, the new, uh, 
Tottenham Stadium, fantastic stadium with them. The screens are a massive and, you know, going behind twice and then winning the game 3-2 and Raul yeah. coming over. I think it was Jota that lied on top of him and the fans were all going there in the stadium when the, the atmosphere and Brilliant. we all felt at that moment, didn't we? Champions League, we can do it, we can do it. And then... We had the Brighton game, which was the ball draw. What happens against Brighton? We not eleven times we played. We talk about Brighton. Yeah, Brighton, no. we're not talking about. Today. We need we need them relegated, <laughs> just to no. not play no. them ever again. Eleven no. times we played Brighton in the top flight, and eleven times we failed no. to beat them. But yeah. and then obviously that was the last game that we all went to yeah. as fans, mm. and what that was eighth of March. It was. 8th yeah. of March, yeah. and we haven't been able to go since then. I know, I know. It looks the games now, isn't it? But there's still huge that involvement's missing, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's like he's like, and I, like, I thought really good, exciting players, but we don't know them yet, do we? Because we haven't seen no. them. And you know, you just you know how a player runs. Yeah, you just watch everything about them, and you can't do that. I think my son said, talking about Fabio Silva, and he says, you know, yeah, we spent silly money on him, but he hasn't had the experience that a new signing should have of running onto a pitch with 30,000 fans chanting his name, shouting for him, the lift, the confidence, even talking about it, it sends shivers through you just thinking about it. And what That's that would have done for his self-esteem, his confidence coming to... And he hasn't and had players that haven't part had that. Of it. Haven't had that, have they? So, um, um, what are you going to say, Ames? I can't remember. Classic Amy, this is. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely, it's absolutely fine. But it looks as if it's going to be 12 months because I can't see us getting back in um, until they're talking Easter. I mean, I, I can't see us getting back to full stadiums, can you, until the start of next season now i've i've written this in many ways i've written this season off i'm just all i keep saying as long as we don't get relegated i'm just a little bit just get through it because reset team, next or, season reset because all the the wolves players are completely knackered all the teams look knackered everyone's lost a bit of interest in it and it just it's just going through the motions isn't it at the moment i think what i was going to say before was with just watching all the games, I mean, from Friday night to Monday night, you can literally just sit and watch football. But that's all you can do. And I do find myself doing that because there is nothing else to do. Mm. But just the intensity is not there. I'm Like we said, the lack of involvement. I don't feel involved in any of the games, even when I'm watching you know, Spurs, City. Some, yeah. You usually feel when the crowd's there that you're still part of the crowd watching it at home. But you just what you're just watching and it's... Just feels like such a loss, and it's just becoming a little bit stale. And I think it's a bit like watching players... snooker. <laughs> maybe not. You that, I mean? it's maybe not the... that much. It's but... got... <laughs> you not find that you put the football on, and if it ain't wolves, you've got it on, but you're not fully concentrated on it. Uh, it's just in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody at work asked. I think the way he said somebody at work asked me, so who wolves got next? And I went. I think they've got Palace on Sunday night. That's what I said. And I have to look at my phone. Oh, it's Friday. You don't, Friday, you, we don't yeah. even know who they're playing next or what date it is until 
sort of a day before when people start talking about it. Just well, I've lost like the this. number of times I've gone through that. Yeah. Uh, that would never, never happen. happen. You'd be planning you'd be for the planning, you'd trip, you'd you'd taking you'd days off. Planning what we are going to meet in. Yeah. That's all part of the experience. And it, it, you know, I, I had a shock today when I realised the game was on Friday this week. Yeah, that's yeah, Friday. Friday. And I feel like when you're watching it at home, I feel like there's, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it when I'm there apart from watch and chant and cheer, but I feel like there is nothing I can do about it at home. Like yeah. I'm just sat there. I might feel so tense because Paul's haven't been playing great. Let's not lie. And you feel like when you're there, you feel involved. You feel like you can do something. You feel like you can help. When you just sat back, it is, it is horrendous. It's hor It's horrible. It's just a we horrible. We just can't wait, can we, to get back at the stadium? I think it's going to be, unless we get to the FA Cup final, which is in May, maybe there'll be um, fans at that. But other than that... But even that, you know, you'd love them to win it. But imagine if you couldn't go to a cup. Oh, my dad would be gutted. It's his dream to sing goodbye you know with me at the final. Imagine that. So let's um, let's go around and let's look at player of the year for 2020 and who has surprised you or who has most improved. Let's go with you first, Manny, on this one. With your thoughts, uh, my player of the year. I'm going to give it um, this. You know, thinking more than just what happened, what's happened on the pitch. I'm going to give it to our captain, Connor Cody. Um, Oh, look, Amy, you know, I'm so glad you I'm so glad you asked me because I knew these guys would have had <laughs> Connor Cody, not just because of you know the way he leads us on the pitch. You know, when he got called up for England and we all we all shouted for him for England, even though we thought could he play for at the back? And he's um he you know, Gareth Kate changed his system to get Connor Cody in. And straight away, he was like a proper ambassador for Wolves, for our town, the way he spoke, the way he gave his interviews, the way all the other players, Declan Rice, Mason Mount, when they were really excited to be in his company, you know, these young players. He's infectious, infectious. You see, you look at someone like Tyrone Mings, the videos they do with Connor Cody, and you think, bloody hell, they should be on a pitch together all the time because they seem to have this... But that's all, I think, it's all 90%. Cody's infectious nature, the way he... He's just an amazing ambassador on and off the pitch. Even um, uh, on the pitch, he's been asked to obviously go from five at the back to four at the back to playing out of the central position, you know. He's and he's done in the middle at the moment. Yeah, he's done everything there. really well, considering all those changes, considering all the problems. Um, he's held, you know, held things together because I think... Of all the players, maybe because he's English and he can tell us his feelings better than the 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 foreign contingent, he you can see in his face that he absolutely misses the fans. You know when he talks well, about well, Manny, he's got it in either, you know, Manny when we were on the sleep out, we had Connor Cody on, and that oh. is what he exactly said. He said Connor Cody said to start with, we just wanted to get back playing, and yeah. I think it was you that asked him about the yeah. fans. He said, you know what? Now we want the fans back. We're missing the fans. We just wanted to get back playing, and now we're really, really missing the fans. Yeah, he. I mean, he. You know, the match against Spurs. That the one game when I was watching it, as we build up that momentum, as we scored that goal, you just imagine the roar. You know, the crowd. The what? 
hundred percent, we would have won that match. We just that's would what, have. That's what we said as well. It yeah. would have happened because that crowd. We we did it against Man City. We you know we did it against several other clubs. You know United at home, Chelsea at home. We we the crowd does create a lot of anxiety in a defender when there's a you know a pacey forward running towards them. So that just shows that how much you know clubs have missed. But I also say you know on the other hand is that. There are some clubs that do benefit, you know, when that Leeds report, that reporter who got lambasted by Leeds, you know, for saying it did actually for a high intensity side, for a side that's struggling, the break actually came. That's very, what you said. Yeah, at a very good time, like Villa. Villa. It came good for Villa because they, it came good for Spurs because they got six players injured who exactly. came back into their team and finished in Europe. So actually, it did benefit a lot of teams. But anyway, so Conor Cody is my player of 2020 and most impressive let's just give it to somebody out the box i'll give it to remain size you know, oh yeah size baby go on he's, he's got a mistake he's got a mistake in him but he's just you know yeah, he, but you can't help but love him can you just, <laughs> the Moroccan he talks really well so uh, that's my two that's amy go on then you'll get next um well cody is my number one for all the reasons that Manny outlined and just that I, I just think he genuinely just enjoys playing for Wolves and I don't think it's that he obviously enjoys playing football and loves it but he categorically just like adores Wolves and I listen to the um Golden, Golden Game podcast does anyone, does anyone listen to that with them um, oh what's he Mickey Burrows and he said that. Rival podcasts. How dare you? Podcasts, I know. <laughs> the old, just getting, the, the, just the old him. gold. The old yeah, gold. old gold. That's the yeah, one. That's it, yeah. And um, he said that for him, he's just feels so privileged because he gets to c- celebrate the goal that's scored on the pitch with all the fans because you know he's always the, with the fans and all the plays. So he just feels in such a privileged position. Um, and then my most improved or impressive player um, is Neto. Because I think, think he's gone from strength to strength and he's really taken into the role. And there's been, especially since Jota um, departed, there's been quite a lot of pressure on him. And considering he's so young, I think he's really taken to it really well. He just, he seems to have, in his stature and just the way that he plays, and he's just doing everything right for me at the moment. And I think and hope that can only continue into this year. Fantastic. And you, Kev? Well, I've thought about this long and hard, and I actually think in, in our team we've got two world-class players, standout world-class players, and, and Raul would be the obvious one. But the other one, and, and he's a bit of an unsung hero, yes, but he's I the best that. goalkeeper yeah, I've ever seen. Oh, really? Rui Patricio. He, he is just, to me, he's world-class. Uh, I've never seen a keeper... Currently, in, in the modern game, there's this, there's this tendency to, to parry and to push and to punch. I, I ne- when, when, it, when a shot is made at Rui, I never have any doubts that he's going to fumble it. It's almost like he's Velcro, man. It just, it just sticks to him. And I think it's, it's like, it's, it's, when he first came, his kicking was, I'm going to be generous here and say poor. <laughs> But he's, he's improved in his game. And I think the, the, the solidity of the defence has so much to do with the confidence in the keeper. And I think particularly last year, 
he just gives the, the whole defence confidence. Um, so I, I, I can't think of many keepers better than him that I've seen in, in World Cup. Underrated, really. They, they don't rave about him like they do the, the other ones. No, but to me, he's as good as Alisson. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. He's, he's better than Deferre. As well. um, so I think we... For, and again, this is like the measure of the progress that we've made, isn't it? The, you know, and again, it's just my opinion. But to think that we've got two world-class players in in our team yeah. is just incredible. And you know, I don't think anyone inside or outside of Wolves would debate that the role is, is world-class. No. Um, but I think Rui, for me, um, I, I just love watching him play. Um, the I guess the, the surprise one, and again, it's probably another uns, unsung hero, is Johnny. We've really missed Johnny. Oh, yeah. um, he, he's a, such a solid defender, but the number of times he just pops up in the box mm-hmm. um, and gives us that, that extra option. Um, so, well, well, hopefully it won't be too... Uh... It won't be too far away because he'll be almost like a new signing when he comes back, won't it? Oh, it will be. And, and you know, we think we think Traore's got big thighs, but Johnny's are just like he's stocky. Is he? Hell, are they come from? He wouldn't have got knocked yeah. over like Ait Nori did in the uh, that in that last match. No, no, you know, and you know, in the when we got when we're changing our system and going back to four, uh, you know, you think he would be just so ideal in that position because. You know, he's so strong and solid where the other, the full-backs that we signed, we clearly signed them as wing-back and then we've decided to go four at the back because we've had problems, you know. He, he is massively missed. He's that seven out of ten. You know what you're going to get. He's not going to let you down. Even his rubbish game is going to be a solid game. You he's know? Mr. Consistent, isn't he? I can't wait for him to be back. Marshall, I'm going to be quite quick. Uh, I, I agree and concur with Cody. You could say Raul, but I think Cody, for the way that... He got called up for England. He's Mr. Consistent. And the way he's an, an ambassador for our club, wherever he goes. And and you can see that Cody, when he's finished his football career, he's going to be on match of the day as a pundit or whatever. He, 100% he's going to be there. Um, in terms of most improved uh, and exciting, I think uh, you've got to go with Neto. I personally think Neto is better than Jota. Uh, and going to be better than Jota, and he's going to be truly world-class. He's very, very positive. He makes things happen. But aside from Soyis, my unsung hero, Dendonka. Agreed, unsung. He's, when he's in the team, we just we just look. Um, we, I mean, when he's not in the team, we, we tend to struggle. When he's in the team, we just look a lot more stable. And I think he's been a big loss for us in the last four or five games as well. Well, we've got lots to look forward to, haven't we? Um, so if we're going to look ahead to what we want to happen in 2021 um, and where do you think Wolves will finish? Because I've had a few questions like this. We'll come on to the transfers in a bit. But 2021, what do you hope for? Where do you think Wolves will finish at the end of the season? Um, and what are your aspirations going forward into the second half of this year? Amy, we'll go with you first. Um, I think I've joked about it, but obviously I do think I don't think we're in any danger of getting relegated. Um, but I think a mid-table finish, um, and just just become mid-table finish. A FA Cup run would be nice, and for them to win it is just 
my dream. So that would be fantastic, but I'm not necessarily expecting that. Um, and I just want them to see, there's been a few issues. They're knackered from last season, injuries, etc. So by the end of the season, I just want them to be united again and understand one another and be a bit more of the consistent and reliable rules that we became so used to in the past three previous seasons. I do think it's a transition year. And I think if there was ever going to be a year when there's no fans and it's all a bit over the shop anyway, then they just need to use it wisely because I don't think anyone's got huge expectations. And selfishly as fans, you obviously want them to see them do things and win things. But if anything this year is going to be tainted by the lack of fans and not having that involvement. So... I'm not too worried as long as they don't get relegated. Fair and for the Albion to stay up would actually be quite nice because I really want to go to a local derby. So that's I've my aside wish. Yeah. And Manny? Well, your second wish ain't going to come true because they're absolutely no. atrocious until they play us, obviously, and they beat us in the last... Yeah, they are going to beat us, but anyway. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, um, you know what? I'm sort of agreeing, tend to agree with Amy and, you know, mid-table and running the FA Cup. But then I, I actually look at it and you think, even though we've got injuries, even though we haven't sorted the system out, even though we don't really look like a proper team, you know, that Samedo tackle in injury time against Villa, the silver chance against Spurs, you know, the Rashford deflected shot, uh, um, you know, United and what happened against Brighton and also we going in in the last second. So there's four minute moments that puts us two points off the top of the table. If those four, if those four might, four. Flip the other way, flip the other way. second moments. So it's not like we're going thrash three or four nil and we're totally out the game. Four moments that just happen in a flash where they weren't, none of them were really expected. You expect them to bury those chances regardless of whether they're youngsters and you expect not to give a penalty away in the 93rd minute and, and conceded that, you know, that shot. From Rashford, so that puts us in Wonderland. We're suddenly recording this podcast as, oh my god, how amazing are Wolves? We're two points off the top of the table. We've got a chance of this. We've got a chance of that. The options are endless. So it's still like that for me uh, this season. Where if we do bring in a replacement for Raul, I'm not expecting loads of signings, but a replacement striker. If we do bring a focal point in, some of the crosses, Triore. And Neto have fired in, and there's been absolutely nobody anywhere near them. You know, let's just put Raul in the position that Silva and Ottaso were, were that would in. Have been oh, that was the goal, yeah, the goal against Liverpool at home. Um, that was the same yeah. cross, the same cross that Triori put and Raul buried, you know, proper, proper header downwards into the ground. We've won the match, and everybody's moved. So it's not. With all the problems and not playing very well and all the injuries and having lots of, you know, John Ruddy must have to do a DBS check every time he goes on the bench because everybody next to him is a toddler. You know, is he allowed to sit next to them? You know, honestly, and, and look at the Nobody in the Premier League, even Sheffield United, have a bench as inexperienced as us. Yet still, we're, we're only little fractions away from being firmly in the top four or five. So it's not all it's not all lost either. So if we can grab somebody 
you know the players are still full of confidence it's not like you know you have sometimes you go on a bad run and your players are all down and you can tell they don't want to be there you know the way Neto talks the way you know even Traore he's been asleep for the whole season and then suddenly he wakes up in that match and, and he wins a penalty he basically puts the the cross on a plate for a striker to bury he looks a threat every time he gets the ball so the players have still got something it's just not clicking in so the system so where are we finishing then Mane what's your prediction I'll go for 10th I think that's optimistic and that's an achievement based on the injuries and losing role okay Boosh can you two swap places oh magic that's amazing <laughs> uh, Kev um, your hopes for 2021 and the season ahead First hope is to get the fans back. That that's my main hope because I think we really miss them. They 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 take Wolves forward to a different level. We've seen it so many times. So when that is, I don't know, but hopefully sometime this year in 2021. Hope to get Roll back and he comes back safe and well. Um, that will make a massive difference to us. And, you know, we've said it, haven't we, that this season really is a transition period. I think Nuno has tried to change the style of play to give us a plan B. And what's evident through this year, we've suffered with with lots of injuries uh, and new players coming in. Those partnerships have gone, haven't they? You know, you you could name the partnerships throughout the team that we had for the last three years. And it was like clockwork. I'd struggle to name a partnership now. Uh, you know, Semedo has no partnership with, with anyone down the right-hand side, whereas you've got Doc, who's got a partnership with, with Traore and with, with Raul. doesn't exist any longer. Um, so there was, there's so many partnerships. So I think what I'd like to see is, is those partnerships starting to be developed, whether it's with the existing players that we have, whether the young players start to become more embedded in, in, in the team. Um, because without doubt, we've signed some exceptionally exciting players. Yeah. Um, I think we've seen snippets of Vinagre that, that look, his vision, his vision looks exceptional. Vinagre. Um, oh, sorry, Vinny. Virginia. Yeah, Kev's got some breaking <laughs> news. <laughs> we signed him this morning. Just, okay, has he come back been, and, he's, and you've been down training today? You've just been picky now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Vitinha, I think, looks really promising. And, and once he gets on the, the stout and steak diet that the Pedenza's been on and Traore's been on, he's going to bulk out, which is which is what he needs. Where do you think um, we're going to finish, um, Kev? I would be perfectly happy with a top 10 finish this year. I think the last the, the last three seasons, we've, we've been spoiled and we all kind of almost take it for granted that uh, the progression is to top six. And whilst we'd all hope for that, football doesn't work like that, does it? And, you know, the last three years, we've been certainly lucky with injuries. They've come back to really bite us this year. And... As I said, the transition is happening. So We've been saying that for a few years, though, haven't they? The fans and stuff like have been saying, because obviously Nuno does like the small squad, which you can understand why, and he gets that unity, everyone's involved, and he's got the backup of the under-23s and the youngsters coming through. 
and that's worked great for the first three years, hasn't it? With the the injuries hasn't come, but I think this year is a bit of an exception because we had that very long season, um, the short break of anyone. Uh, obviously, then we've had an injuries. We've lost both the fullbacks for whatever reasons, and then we've had a series of injuries at the last game. Six players: Bolly, um, Raul, then Donker, Marcel. Um, who's the other hey, one? Dance. And Johnny, Johnny, all on the side. That's half of the first team out, and it's it's caught up with us this year, I think. Um, and and when you see like on socials, there's people are very very negative. That you seem to forget that any team that loses six first team starters out their lineup are going to struggle, and when you've got young kids that are coming in, they're going to be very inconsistent, aren't they? So, if you take Mo Salah out of Liverpool, they would be less of a team. They'd still be a good team, but they'd be less of a team. He took Harry Kane out of Spurs, much less of a team. They were struggling. You you could go through. If you took Rashford out of um, uh, Man United, they only get a draw. You know, everyone has a talisman, a player that's sort of irreplaceable. Raúl was ours. He was like the. Yeah, we've been saying all along if we lose him. On the last, yeah, we've said that a few times, haven't we, on this, that if we lose him. And I think it's not just the fact that he scores goals when you take... I mean, that's obviously his main, you know, performance. But he holds the ball so well. So in the second half on Sunday at Brighton, we Nobody. can get the ball off them. And Raul, the way he plays, he can hold that ball so they Thanks can the play higher up. And it's just little things like that. And he's he's fantastic. He's world, he's world out and out world class player, yeah. number nine striker, everything that he does. And to lose that, and also for them to see and experience what they did on the pitch, like that must have just really, really hit them. To to win that Arsenal game was unbelievable, considering what they must have seen happen to him. Yeah. Um, oh, unbelievable. Um, that's how in the world, Silver. There's no way he was bought to play as a regular this year. No, he wasn't bought to play as a like a lone striker that. up front either. I don't think you, you, look, so, you look back to when, when United bought Ronaldo, yeah. he was 18, exactly the same age as, as Silver yeah. is now. I remember seeing him the first season he played for Man United. He wasn't, yeah. he, he, physically, he was, he was just exactly like. Silver is now, and it took him three to four years to, mm. to start to become the player he is today. So the only thing, Kev, the where the fans come in is like they we obviously needed a replacement, you know, not we need somebody first team ready. So the one thing I've got to say is it's it's been a great if we finished 16th and then 14th, and now we were aiming for 10th, we would have said, Oh, we're progressing every year. Nuno himself also isn't blame free he's just a human being he will make mistakes he'll do things that are wrong he he when he came into the club he went five at the back he had this policy from the women's team to the kids teams all the way up to the first team no nobody plays in a different system he went against his own philosophy this season to try and make us more expansive and create more chances. And have more possession. Nope. Who, who predicted that? Southampton went four at the back. No. It totally shocked everybody. So it shows that he is able to change in his head and actually think. And so I think these six injuries may, 
in Nuno's head, it may, going long-term, maybe not this season, but in the summer, but he sits down and says to them, the board, the squads around the Premier League, you know, when they've got six players out, they've still got a lot of experience to call upon. You know, we haven't. Though none, no disrespect to Corbiano or Perry or um, Luke Condor, they're not Premiership bench players. They're in their development phase. Some of them won't even make it to the top level. We have to be, it's a harsh reality of academy. They couldn't believe they were on the bench on Sunday. And we shouldn't be in a position where, OK, we've had injuries, that we haven't still got experienced pros who've got game time in them to bring on. We had nothing. We needed it on Sunday, especially. We couldn't make just a difference, to give us we really? And we, we, couldn't, we had nobody to change, make They couldn't change anything on Sunday. So that, that, that was the that, issue. If Nuno has decided we've got a small squad, he's got to live with that then. And I don't think he will. I think, you know, I, I, like he shocked us with the four at the back, I think he will also think, mm, okay, we have actually, we, we haven't, we've been okay with injuries and now we're struggling. And this could, you know, in the future, we could have more injuries. Who knows? You've got to have a squad in the Premier League. Well, the, the worry there. is, Manny, if we get any more injuries on top, like you lose Neves or something like that out the middle as well, we're yeah. really starting to get into trouble then. Because I yeah. think, hopefully the players will be coming back. Um, and we, I mean, I don't know how long Dendonka's out for, Marcel, Bolly, uh, Pedence. You don't, they don't really show their hand very much, do they? It's <laughs> all, we know that Johnny's been out long-term and we know that Raul's out long-term, but when are we going to get Bolly back? And, Pedence and Dendonka, how long are they going to be out for? That's We don't really know at the moment, do we? He doesn't really talk about it at all, does he? If it's all he never does. When they, ask him, when they ask him the questions, um, he'll just say they're working well, they're progressing, and that's it. And he uses very small terms, and he doesn't, he doesn't give any details about anything, about his team formation, about the way they played, things that he'll just... People say, oh, it's the same old, same old with Nuno. It's just, he's, he's that type of person, he does. And there's a balance in there because fans want information. Fans want to know that Johnny is four weeks away or Den Tonka's out for three weeks. or Because we can then progress it in our heads and think, OK, he'll be back for this match. We can't even do that. So is that something that he should look at? You know, And it's not a... It's not a slight on somebody in saying they're rubbish or they want, we want them out to say to somebody, actually, you know, maybe you could improve or do things better. Because I'm sure when he makes a decision and then we go and lose the match, just like when we make it, he makes a decision and we win one, he must feel more gutted than anybody else. Oh, why did I do that? Or could I have done something different? Any, At the end of the day... Know, He's just human, isn't he, uh, Nuno? Yeah. And I think whilst we're talking about this, there's a lot. There's I've had a few messages come through on Instagram and Twitter um, about. Do you think it's time for Nuno? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it is because I'm absolutely no. But like people are saying, is he the the right man? Do we need to replace Nuno? My view is absolutely not. It's like the circumstances are is he's still the right guy. Um, and be careful what you wish for, uh, which I don't understand. Yeah, we've not had the best of results. But what are your views? He has made mistakes. You can see that in certain games, and we could all see watching he got that wrong, but he's only human and you're going to make mistakes. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? One of, my, one of my highlights of 2020 was when he signed his new contract. Yeah. 
And, you know, we said everyone, you know, lots of people said that's the most important signing we've made. He's human. He's going to make mistakes. But people need to give their head the massive big wobble. If they think that the, they, they would even think of replacing Nuno, because at the moment, you know, look at the look at the structure around Nuno. If Nuno goes, you're ripping the whole club up, basically. Yeah. I saw I saw one tweet saying Eddie Howe. And and yeah, I mean how many times have we hated Bournemouth? Yeah. God, yeah. how can you suggesting Eddie Howe? No, Nuno is integral to, to this project. He he players are signed because of Nuno. He, he's learning, he's developing. He will continue to, to develop and learn throughout this process. And I think so, he said at the start of the season as well, when he said we're on starting a new cycle, we all kind of got the message there. So in, in, in anything in life, sometimes you have to take a step back to take steps forward. And this year is our step back, I think. I think Martin, talking about my aspirations for the season as well, I'm like, if we get top half... We have a great, a good cup run, and then we get the crowds back in August, full stadium. To me, fantastic. And just like what Amy said, reset. And I think we'll be stronger for it next year. I think we'll really, I think next year could be a re- next season could be a really exciting season if they get it right and we get the players back and all the young players that we've got in the team now learning have had an extra year. And then we again invest in the summer. We could have a really exciting season in uh, the following season. Um, the best teams don't happen overnight, Dave. They, they, they take time. How long did it take Ferguson to, to build United? And Klopp so, build Liverpool. How many failures did Klopp have leading up to, to where they are now? So it takes time. What do you reckon, Amy? No, no. I mean, one of my friends from work basically text me Nuno out on Sunday and I nearly deleted and blocked him from my phone because I just thought this same and I said that to him and I, I thought that's that's the short-sightedness so maybe fans that haven't been in it for like the long haul and like not maybe appreciate that good things do take time and weren't at Brighton crying their eyes out when we got relegated to League One um so for me like there's no better manager. The club is Nuno. It's a transition season. We, there's so much change going on and stuff at the moment. And there's a lot going on in the world. And that is a side to football. And that's going to affect people and affect how things are. And I think the way that the players and Nuno are managing that whole situation is the best that they can. And they're learning with it. They're progressing. And even if we're not getting the results, you, you don't just need to get results to see progression. And I think the way that they are and the way that they're trying new things is progression. And hopefully, like we just said, they'll become stronger for it next year. But any Wolves fan that says Nuno out just needs to just take a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror. Well, yeah, I have to agree. You know what you just said about um, maybe it's a younger element of our fan base. I've got... 20-year-old son and a 16-year-old son. And so when we're watching the football together, sometimes they will, with their experience of life, come out with comments where I'm like, you what? You know, and they've never called for Nuno out, but I'm like, you know, I have to put them straight. And, you know, and if you look at the, like Kevin says, you look at what running a football club involves and the whole picture of him taking over from Lambert, 
and where are we heading? Are we going to go back again? And then suddenly step back and we've just talked about being in Barcelona, being in Europe. The progression is humongous. It's absolutely humongous. And it's almost like, you know, when you climb a big mountain, you after a few days, you come to a base camp and they tell you to rest there for a few days before you do the, the next bit, because it's that time where you think, OK, we've come this far this quickly. What else do we do? What do we need? Where do we lack? OK, we don't score enough goals. So he's tried to address that. It's actually taken us back because we're scoring even less. But he, the moves he's tried to make is, OK, eight Nuri and um, Samedo, very, very good attacking in a five man midfield, bombing down the wings, more threat, more goal threat. And it's backfired because inexperience and then going to a four and then them not being four players, you know. And so it's it's a learning process for him. And he's probably in, in his head, he's thinking, oh, God, you know, but there's been occasions where we've created gluckfuls of chances, but we just haven't finished them as well. So it is that type of season. And if you look at the whole thing as the project from when Nuno started up to this date, the, the curve is still upwards. It's not downwards. It's just a plateau we've hit. And I think kids, they do. They My sons find that harder to accept because they do live in the moment. They play FIFA every day, Kev. You do, you know, when they play FIFA, they can take a player off in a second and sack him and sack the manager and bring another one in. It becomes a bit of a game. Like, you know, I'll just get him out and we'll get him. Well, how do you get him? You can't just knock on someone's door. You can't knock on my Bayern Munich's door and say, can you manage Wolves, please? You know, you don't work like that. You know, and we might, if we lose Menuno, I reckon we'll go probably four or five managers before we find uh, the next one. Look, yeah. Look well, we did that, did we? We went however many managers before we found Nuno. We had Kenny Jacket for quite a while. But it's just, I, I just think, everything is fine like the results aren't where we want them to be we all acknowledge and appreciate that but I'm not worried or concerned about anything because it'll come it will come and you've got confidence and Nuno's built that confidence in the fans and what's happened with the club in the last few years that that's going to come and it's we should enjoy as much as we can trying to watch it <laughs> one thing about getting rid of Nuno should be slapped across the face with a big wet kipper I'm gonna, I'm gonna slap him. No, I'm not really. But <laughs> well, ridiculous. The definition of support, isn't it? Is like you support your team through thick and thin. And when things aren't going right, yeah, we can in the moment have emotions, but you've still got to back them more than any, ever. Um, if we were, if we were, you know, that West Ham performance, that was probably the one performance where we thought, oh no, what's going to happen this season? But we reacted and won the next game. If we were producing West Ham type performances, no hope, heads bowed, down, losing <laughs> matches, you know, losing matches, not being in the game, not showing ambition, totally clueless in everything we did, then obviously the manager yeah. will face the consequences and you'll say, maybe he's done it, but he, we're not. We're not. We just talked about four moments that would have put us on 30 points, four, five little moments, little snippets in matches that even with all the thin, you know, this thick and thin, the thick and thin, it's not actually that thin. <laughs> it's still it's still medium slice bread. It's not it's not that thin. It's still okay, you know. So we, we we're not as bad as we are. It's just expectations got raised very quickly on the back of getting into Europe, being seventh, and thinking Champions League next, and thinking, 
literally, who knows, still a very young-ish manager. The squad are the youngest in the whole league. Nobody can put a bench out like what we did the other day and still win, nearly win a Premier League match, you know. And so we've just got to take a deep breath, all of us, and think about what we're saying. Because if we do, if we start, the fans start posting messages, sounding messages, players read them. Managers read them. They do, they say we don't. They do. Everybody reads them, and you see the negativity, and it spreads. And other people who maybe think no, he's okay, starts to believe that as well. You you can quickly get a ripple effect, and and suddenly you know the manager might think, oh, I've had enough. I'm going, and he's gone. And then where are we where are we? Kevin, like Kevin says, where where's the structure of the club? Everything that he set up and all the philosophy, everything is in the bin. We start again, and that might mean anything. It could be relegation. It might, it might mean that we go forwards. We don't know that, but it's. I think we've got the best man. The grass isn't at, always greener. We've only got to look at Watford and what's happened, you know, with their chopping and changing. Foson are very shrewd. They'll, they'll make the decisions based off things. And, and I think at the moment, you know, although you've got concerns potentially about the games and where we're going to get the next win for. We're still quite comfortably away from that. But the results still continue to go downwards and the performances drop off, then there's more questions to ask. But obviously that brings us on to the transfer window right now uh, in January where, you know, Wolves are probably needing to act and bring in uh, that striker. If I say to you now, if we were to get go out and get a striker right now and you could get one that's available, we'll go with you first on this one, Amy. Who would you want? To... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, we're going to come on to it anyway, so I'm going to bring up Costa as the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, he's proven he can score goals, he's a free agent. The only thing that would concern me is he's got a bit of a temper on him. Um, and I don't know how that will fit into the Wolves squad. I've done, a, I've done a video on that today, which will go out later tonight, about Costa's talking about exactly these these type of things. Um, because an Italian journalist, hasn't he, today, uh, Romaro or something, that has actually quoted uh, from speaking to Costa that he's had offers for uh, from Brazil and Turkey, but he's holding out for an offer um, from the Premier League, and they talked about Wolverhampton Wanderers in that thing. It's on Sky. Um, Manny, if we could get Diego Costa, with all obviously the baggage and but that the, the comes with what, it. But what we need more than any, anything else is a fully fit. So there's question marks. He's fully fit. Yeah, but he has he had has a lot of injury problems as well. So he has been broken down in the last twelve months. So. You know, we know in the Premier League, he is, for example, against Brighton, when we're struggling, a centre-half can just lump the ball forward to Costa and he can bully a defender and just hold the ball and just play it short to Neves and Martini and we can start off an attack. And we didn't have that. We really lacked that. Like you said, Silva's just not ready to play that type of role for a long period of time. So in that respect, not just his goals, just having an outlet, just having a figurehead, you're a defender, you know, Diego Costa's up against you. You know, you're not going to have an easy time. You know, if Fabio Silva's playing against you, you're probably thinking, mm, this kid's struggling. I've got this one in my pocket. So he would provide a boost. And I'm not too bothered about the temper. And I think just think Nuno's the kind of person. I'm around him, you know. And these big-headed, 
uh, terrible people, but when you look at their personal lives, they're quite. It's, it's a bit of a softy in his personal life. Yeah, it's just on the pitch they develop a bit of a uh, an arrogant attitude. It's not a wrong, not a bad thing. You don't mind is somebody going up face to face with somebody or pushing someone out of the way and telling them what they think, you know. And and because we haven't got that, we've got a lot of young kids doing lots of fancy things, but we haven't got that. So it might not a long term solution, obviously, just a very short term solution but we've still got to provide experience and cover for a role longer than Diego Costa so in that respect we I think we can't be limiting ourselves to just going to Portugal and Spain and finding somebody you know if you look down the road you know Ollie Watkins ain't scored many goals for Villa but he's settled in he holds the ball up he it's all those things that he does you know works so hard one of the things we don't do we are the worst in the Premiership at right now is pressing in the final third. Liverpool and Man City have got the highest pressing stats out of anybody in the final third. So when the defenders have the ball, their attackers are on them. They don't give them a second. We let the defence have the ball. We're the worst. Every club is better at us. We wait till they, they attack us and then we're the highest pressing team in our defensive third. And then we break from there. So we do our pressing deep. So when we see Wolves falling back deep in second halves, it's not actually they're falling back. That's just the way at the moment we don't do anything up top. We get a striker experienced in that, whether it's even from the championship, you know, it's not even that he has to score 20 goals a season. It's just somebody who can play that position with, with a brain that will help us press the the defensive lines and, and get us further up the pitch. So, Names you've just mentioned Costa. I, There's Origi, Origi yeah. from Liverpool's been mentioned as well. Origi, yeah, I'm sure Origi could do a job for us as well. I'm, I wouldn't rule that out, but there's not January is such a hard time. A hard time anyone who's anyone who's really good, you know, they're already playing and they're not going to be that go of, you know. And what's your thoughts on a, on a Origi and Costa, Kev? What we've lacked and we've lacked it for a while, is some real devilment in the team. Some experience. I, I, I wish at the time we'd assigned Pepe when he left Besiktas because yeah. he's an animal. We don't have that. He's, he's a real beast. And Costa falls into that. That It gives us a bit of something that we don't already have, as well as experience as well. It would definitely bring fear into defenders. That we're playing against. Yeah. Um, whether we're going to shell out 275 grand a week, I'm, I'm not sure yeah, you've that. Got that... Uncle George Mendes. I know, I know. And we can. And we have we a can... good player transfer fee. I reckon, yeah. you know, it could be a good fit. When, don't forget when Cantona was the bad boy at Leeds and then he went to United and look at what he turned into. Yeah, he's he, 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 certainly something that should be considered. I mean, who wouldn't want him in the team? I, he's, he's, he's a, again, he'd be, high, he'd be the highest profile signing with, even though at his age and his experience that we've probably ever made. And that, maybe that's the thing that is the step for Wolves, the next step um, yeah. where the club, the Fosun and Nuno, we've got, got the policy, bringing in the youth, bringing in players that we've never really, but the Bowleys of this world and Johnnies of this world that we never really heard and they've done really well is actually saying, making the statement and saying, 
voice ironing costume. I you think know, it wow. would be a big statement. It so maybe that's the next step of our development of getting into the, you know, and are the club prepared and Nuno prepared to do that right here, right now in January? Time will tell. I think, I think it's just a different situation because you know, they've been put in this situation. Because if Raul hadn't got injured, then it wouldn't be the, like we wouldn't be having this discussion because. Mm. I mean, I think that there's still been a need to get more of a backup striker considering there wasn't much time after Jota left and obviously the plan for Silva was never for him to play now. But the Raul thing has put us into this situation and I think Costa wouldn't consider Wolves if Raul was... If he was going to be behind Raul, yeah. Where's that, you know, who that striker that played for Newcastle that doesn't... Is he injured at the moment? Rondon, yeah. You know, Cody was asked um, for England, who's the... Hardest centre forward you've ever played uh, against. Yeah. Rondon was the hardest player that he's ever he played, played against. As well, didn't he, Rondon? Doesn't give a second, and he's just you know. And and I think that, you know you can't you can't just say oh he's only scored so many goals. I think it's the actually what even Raúl Raúl um, didn't he scored lots of important goals, but he didn't score hat tricks or you know eight goals in uh, eight games. He's, he still had games where he went and didn't score, but he still contributes so much to the side. And he, that's... We talked about partnerships. He got a great partnership with Jota, yeah. hadn't he? Yeah. So much of his work was bringing Jota into the game to score goals. Um, and, and again, he, these are the things we're lacking this year. I you think imagine... It's just like a left field thing. And, and you know, it's, it's, Nuno said the answer's in-house. Yeah. So... Pizza man. I'd give Catroni another chance. Because if you talk about that devilment, he's a nasty piece of work. And was he ever given enough chance? Will Nuno forgive and forget because of the attitude he I think, Kev, I think if yeah. we weren't able to get a striker in, then Co uh, uh, then Catroni or probably Rafa Mir might be an option. But yeah. I, I think... I, I can't see that he's going to bring Catroni back in at this point. I think they'll try and get some. Even though he had golden black balloons at his birthday party yesterday. Is that right? <laughs> and he had yeah, one yeah. of the best chants ever. Did you see it, Dave? Did I see it? No, I didn't see uh, it. No. I'll, I'll, I'll show you the picture because imagine on your birthday and you're being sort of, um, you know, you've left out the Fiorentina side and. Um, uh, you're, you know, you, these rumours are going on. And then he posts this picture. I don't know if you're well to see it. He's got the golden black balloons at his birthday party um, yesterday. And happy birthday in English, not Italian. Happy birthday in English and golden black balloons behind him. And Wolves did put on their, post on their Instagram, happy birthday. Wish him a happy and birthday. They don't do oh, that. Well, yeah, they did. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he's just been, peppering been, it in. <laughs> maybe, he maybe he walked his dog around West Park this morning. We just didn't see him. <laughs> he popped into the Asda. So um, we're pretty much out of time. To be honest, we've had loads of questions today, but I think we've pretty much covered off most of the points of everyone that's put in in, in general uh, discussion. So we're going to sign off uh, and obviously wish everyone a Happy New Year. Um, Kev, what's your, how can people find you on social? On Twitter, at uh, Kevin underscore Paycare. And yourself, Manny? Yeah, on Twitter, at Pedal Sing. And, and Instagram I and Facebook. <laughs> and Amy? Not on Twitter. Instagram, yes. Amy had, might get Twitter this year. 
<laughs> that gives you like 360 days to get it. Uh, myself, if uh, we beat just... the Albion, I'll get Twitter, but if we don't beat the Albion, then I won't. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Myself, it's just Dazzling Dave on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, obviously the YouTube channel. And there is an Always Wolves Facebook page, uh, which you can go and like as well. We post up all the bits and pieces on there as well. Uh, thanks for joining us again uh, for episode 14. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying this, whether you're listening on to podcast or you're joining us uh, as we just do this now on uh, on YouTube. From all of us to all you and your family, let's hope for a fantastic 21 and a happy new year and always Wolves. Beat the baggies. Beat the baggies. <laughs> <laughs>